0: Welcome to the Hatcher Report with State Senator Kurt Hatcher and Special Guest Representative Kenyatta Hassel. Welcome to the Hatcher Report with State Senator Kurt Hatcher. I'm Ashley Roseborough and we're joined by our special guest today, State Representative Kenyatta Hassel. We're here to tell you what you need to know from our state senator and representative from Alabama. There's been a lot going on during the regular 2022 legislative session, and in the city of Montgomery. So let's get right to it. What highlights should our listeners know about the legislative session, and why? Thank you,
1: Ashley. Uh, the uh, this session uh, proved uh, yet again to have some significant um, legislation passed. Right. Our key responsibility, obviously, uh, as a as a body as a legislative body is the passage of the two major budgets general and education and of course uh the education budget increased because last year we were already the largest education budget passed in the history of the the, uh, state at about 7.26 billion uh this year uh we were blessed to be able to pass a budget of about 8.2 billion plus and uh the general fund increased um that budget passed uh, it was the largest in the history of the state at 2.7 billion I do think that um, this windfall of financial resources presents us as a state with an opportunity to really be able to uh, to engage uh, meaningfully uh, with having some programs I think that will be beneficial to uh, to the people of the state of Alabama um, I do know that as a part of the general fund budget, we were able to, among other things, increase, uh, mental health, uh, um, uh, by several millions of dollars and it's going to be needed because we're seeing studies all over the place that's indicating, uh, the escalation of mental illness, especially among our youth, uh, and the, uh, and Alabama certainly, uh, but will not be uh, lost uh, in that number of individuals who will require and need that help. And in addition to that, uh, there's uh, been some movement uh, regarding uh, Medicaid expansion, um, but obviously nothing uh, of of what we, the Democrats, would like. Uh, But it was really encouraging to hear recently that former Governor Bentley uh, had written a letter, has written a letter, to the governor uh, making a pitch for um, an increase in, uh, or at least the expansion of Medicaid. So the last session has been, was, among other things um, that were really concerning for all of us,
0: this past session I think uh, was overall fruitful. An important bill for you this session was the driver's license bill that waives fees for youth that are homeless. Would you tell us more about the bill? Well, you know, I'm really excited about that bill.
1: That bill um, offers an opportunity for homeless youth uh, to be able to, um, uh, to sit for uh, the driver's license examination without uh, the fees that are attached uh, to, to their being able to uh, secure their driver's license. We know that uh, driver's license is a vital uh, 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 piece of information for lack of a better expression. And we have a lot of, unfortunately, uh, not only here in the state of Alabama, but Alabama, but throughout the country, we have uh, a frightening number of our youth who are homeless. And it's certainly having a driver's license provides individuals with a sense of independence. And what we're trying to do, hopefully with that process, and I wanna give a really big shout out to uh, Schoolhouse Connections uh, for helping us uh, with that legislation. And all of the individuals, uh, especially in the House, uh, Representative Kyle South was a sponsor of that bill in in the House. Uh, And I was happy to carry that bill um, uh, for him in the Senate. Um, It's good legislation. Rarely, and I mean rarely do we pass things. In the short time I've been a member of our Alabama legislative body, uh, have I seen legislation that actually gets to the people. This is... uh, a good piece of, of legislation uh, that normally would just fly under the radar. Uh, so, this is uh, it, someone said this is, you know, the kind of feel good uh, legislation where you know the government can do uh, some good things. And, you know, it may seem very small to most people, but that's affecting at least 16,000 plus uh, homeless youth throughout our state uh, who would otherwise not have something as simple but as
0: important as that opportunity. The ability to obtain a driver's license or ID is so important to accessing key services such as employment and voting. Thank you, Senator, for making sure our youth can have this access. Now, Representative, you've also been busy this session. During the session, you passed a port bill. Tell us a little bit about the bill and why it is important to our listeners.
2: Well. Uh, HB 250 uh, Well first of all we had a companion bill That Senator Hatcher and I both He put through the Senate and it came to carry it through the House Well this bill is a huge Economic development bill For the state of Alabama you know, It's the Alabama Port Authority but it also is going to relieve All those containers that's, that's Down in Mobile To what well, we're going to have an inland port Here in Montgomery That's going to create a lot of jobs So that's why it's very important But what the bill did, the bill authorized on Port Authority and not have the authorization to use the highway and the rail yard. Um, so that bill authorized them to use the, inland, the, the rail yard and the highways and also to buy land to use those containers to relieve the port to put containers on that land.
0: Let me make sure I understand. Does that mean that now there will be ports in Montgomery and our listeners can
2: receive items faster? Yes, to and through. So what what's gonna happen it come it might be temporary it, businesses we will get let's say you order something from amazon and it's coming from another you know coming from another country but that 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 um the container contains something that you order through Amazon like a product or something and it's coming through that container through mobile instead of standard in mobile you won't see it in two or three weeks it will relieve it it can come to Montgomery so you might get that product faster because now it's in Montgomery it's in that inland port so businesses can come and get those products out of that inland port to you know get to your doors so it's a it'll be a faster process which is I know that'd be great for consumers and also that uh it is relieving the the port in Mobile the Alabama port Authority in the Mobile from you know holding those containers that's there you got ships that's that can't relieve those containers off ships because they're so overloaded they're expanding also now uh, they're that port, so that's going to help them even more to get those products in. One of the things that
1: that, that makes the bill um, so important in addition to what Representative Housel has shared is, you know, our bill uh, expanded the definition of of uh, navigable waterways. So what it does at this point is it gives us an opportunity to, uh, as he's pointed out, to relieve uh, the mounting pressure on the port uh, based out of Mobile. And what this means is in places like Birmingham, where you had narrow channels, navigable channels on those waterways, they can also uh, uh, you know, uh, have an opportunity to set up an inland port. So this intermodal port uh, will help, as he's pointed out, to uh, move uh, goods uh, throughout the state, Uh, much more expeditiously, and which means that it gives us a chance, given the fact that where it's going to be located here in Montgomery, which, of course, serves the central region, it's going to be really important to uh, transport because it's right, uh, it's parallel to the airport, to the regional airport, which means this gives us an opportunity to expand the airport, and it gives us an opportunity at the airport, more specifically, uh, to increase cargo, and if we increase uh, cargo, this will give us a, chan- a chance, based on uh, what our FAA officials may be saying, to reduce gate fees, which is one of the reasons so many of our people will have to drive all the way to Birmingham or to Atlanta uh, to uh, to take a flight out because it's so expensive flying out of our airport. So the benefit for uh, for all of this in terms of moving of goods, which is an economic boom, a real boom for the area, we're talking about. Up against that port will be, it's a linear uh, railway uh, track, those tracks that are coming directly up from the port linearly. And we also have, you know, Amazon coming. And as another uh, major player coming from, uh, uh, locating here, uh, which we, I can't mention based on an NDA, um, that's going to also play a huge role. So I think our listeners, uh, I want our folks to get excited about the, the level of, of incredible economic development coming to uh, our area from not only the southernmost portion of Montgomery County up to the riverfront, where we are going to see uh, incredible economic opportunity, which is, of course, what Representative Hassel and I are always after, in addition to what we do
2: with education in our community. we also got a, you know, Hyundai has also an expansion. Correct. too. that's going to be. That's be- a
1: three hundred million dollar plus expansion uh, mm-hmm. that they've announced in that mm-hmm. same area,
2: in the same right? Area, that's right.
1: So, and people probably have noticed uh, the incredible volume of eighteen wheelers, especially on I eighty five and sixty five. Um, so, there's a lot of movement uh, taking place, and my hope is that uh, it encourages our folk at a time when we're seeing a lot of. Uh, violence and things going on in our community, and one of the things that I've always believed is that if we can get uh, the kind of robust economic development in our community, it will have a, an impact uh, on reducing, I think, po- uh, crime in the city.
0: Senator, it's interesting that you bring up crime. The city of Montgomery recently hired a new chief of police. What are your thoughts on the higher and the direction the city is going in dealing with crime and policing
1: uh chief albert i think um uh, uh has come into a role um and at a time uh when not only Montgomery is experiencing uh these soaring um uh, uh crime rates but uh, and and you know violence but the country throughout the country there is this level of uh unrest um I think, um, you know, as Representative will just mentioned, I think it's important uh, for us to continue uh, with some of the things that, I, you know, the last administration was building upon with community policing. Um, and I hope and I pray that, uh, as I said a moment ago, that the economic opportunities, which hopefully will lead us to raising the tax base, right? Because if you raise the tax base, you get a better opportunity for people to have a better quality of life, when people have a better quality of life, I do think uh, it gives them a more of an opportunity to want to live uh, uh, free of these kinds of things that have been plaguing our community right now. And so we, we, we certainly are uh, committed to getting behind the chief uh, and the mayor to do everything we can, uh, along with our council persons and, and, and commissioners um, and the leadership uh, of our community as a part of it to do our part in helping. And I want to give a real shout out to our, you know, community leaders out here uh, who have been out there in the, you know, the forefront leading margins, stop the violence, uh, prayer walks, all kinds of things that they're doing because every bit of that is going to be needed and is needed uh, to help curb uh, a lot of the, um, uh,
0: the violence occurring in our community. As we talk about the violence and the quality of life in Montgomery, there's one other important factor education. Correct. The Montgomery Public School System recognizes that, and recently they hired a new superintendent. What are your thoughts on this hire, the process, and the direction of Montgomery Public Schools?
1: Look, I'm excited that Dr. Brown uh, received a unanimous vote uh, from our school board. Um, that not only sends, I hope, a positive message to him, uh, but I hope it sends a positive message to the community uh, that our board, uh, you know, voted unanimously uh, to extend an offer of hire to uh, to Dr. Brown. Um, I, you know, I, I did not get an opportunity to sit in on his uh, uh, interviewing process uh, to hear some of his thoughts about uh, what he's seeking to do. But from what I have heard from the board members, um that supported their reasons for uh, for extending the, for voting, voting, you know in favor of extending an offer to him to come. That uh, that he is a visionary, that he will be able to uh, have the necessary uh, charisma uh, and you know the general know how to get our school system to where we want it to be and need it to be. And we have said before that the only way we can get to a point where we have the kind of uh, strong economic uh, foundation and continued growth in our city is that our education has to be on par. Our public offering has to be uh, uh, unimpeachable, that we have to have excellence. Uh, And so, look, I'm excited about his arrival. I mean, we've got some really... You know, I don't know. I know sometimes we can get so, uh, and obviously a part of what the pandemic has done, it, it clouds our ability to see some of the good stuff that's happening. We have a new uh, superintendent coming, uh, uh, what sounds like a really young, energetic uh, uh, superintendent. We have a new uh, chief of police uh, coming to us from New Orleans with a real uh, strong background in curbing the very things that that are plaguing us right now in our community. We have new pastors who have been called to pulpits uh, around the city uh, as we continue to mourn the loss of so many of our pastors, of, uh, as, as certainly within the last year uh, that we uh, who passed on, uh, many of who have passed on. And I think it's, you know, and we have new uh, political leadership. Uh, we're still uh, coming through races that are coming up. It is a good time for people to, I hope, get excited about where we can go as a community
2: and be a part of that problem. One thing I I learned about the new superintendent is that he really want to bridge the gaps within the school system. I'm very excited about that because I listen to teachers, you know, between the principals, teachers, central office, and the superintendent office, and the board. So I believe that he has that leadership capabilities to bridge that gap. And I'm, I'm excited about that, too, because that's one of the biggest issues that I want to talk to him about is just, you know, use his leadership ability to do that. Because that's a huge concern because then it raises morale in our school system. Along with working on bills for the state of Alabama, you
0: also work with local officials to craft legislation. Would you tell our listeners about some of the state and local bills that you passed during the regular legislative session? Well the desire for
1: us i think is to uh, i think representative Housewell said it best um, not too long ago as to is to for there to be a balance uh with regards to uh the power structures in our in our community and particularly obviously at the, at the uh particularly focused on city hall um there you know there were things um uh, legislation that was passed in order to offer to not only, uh, the mayor, but also, uh, the city council, an opportunity to, to be able to be even more effective in the dispensation of their duties. Um, and so, uh, one such thing is, is certainly for, uh, the mayor to be able to make the selection to his cabinet. Uh, most, most of our listeners, uh, probably don't know that one of the things that, um, most people expect that when you have a cabinet, um, from a political standpoint, you get to make those appointments. Well, a lot of the people in uh, Mayor Reed's uh, cabinet were, you know, and are Merit employees. Uh, these people won't be tossed, uh, but the idea was uh, for him to be able to uh, select the people who would be in his cabinet. That just makes sense. That's your inner circle. And and so for us, that's that's a, a no-brainer. It's a common sense kind of approach. The other thing was that, you know, we, we, we just uh, obviously all of us are in partnership together uh, to move the Montgomery community forward. And we have opened conversations with, um, you know, some of our city council persons to include counsel, Councilwoman uh, Johnson and Councilman Mitchell around, around blight reviews that's coming up. Uh, uh, we're going to reintroduce that bill in the next session uh, for that to be a, a blight review board with some teeth to help us, uh, with blight in our, in the community, a lot of good stuff, um, that gives us an opportunity to write a couple, uh, if not so much wrongs, uh, things that we can do better, right? And, and so I think a part of it for us in terms of this local legislation is, is to have what, uh, from a legal standpoint, the companion, the tools, offering the tools to, uh, our local leaders, that would help them to, to achieve the goals we've talked about in terms of education and economic development and to be able to, uh, to do those things effectively in their office.
0: Representative, recently you discussed residents' concerns with sewage problems and the Water Board with neighborhood associations. Tell us more about your concerns.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, the Water Work Board. Uh, the issue we had with the Water Work Board was that and our the way Montgomery is set up, it's a private entity, right? It's not run by the city, but the city council had board members that they appointed board members to that board. So, um, ADEM, you know what the legislature did? We put infrastructure money inside one of our state departments, which was the Alabama Department of Environmental Management. So when we put the money into uh, ADEM, the system, which is waterworks, has to apply for that money. So we found out that um, nobody applied for any projects. No, Our system didn't apply for any projects for Montgomery, which was an issue, because we got issues like Madison Park, Hunter Station, Macedonia, and Hanover Road. You know, we have, uh, you know, some of these homes have back, their sewage is back, backing up in their homes. And they, they don't have any like old septic tanks, and they want to be tied to the city. A lot of them are paying the taxes to the city, but... Like I said, it's a different entity from the city, which a lot of people don't understand that also. But it's a private entity. You know, you pay your water bill, but all that's included in that. And, but um, with waterworks board, like the, the city don't have direct authority from the city hall office, like or the mayor office to this Water work board. The only authority they have is the board members that the city council choose. So, if they, have a, if they have an issue, they'll go down to the city and say, well, hey, what are you going to do about it? But your city council is responsible to make sure that Waterway Board is doing what they need to do. So let's reemphasize that. The city council is responsible,
0: not the mayor or... Yes,
2: the city council is the only office that has direct some type of appointment or some type of authorization for that board. They appoint those board members, your city council do. So if they go down to city hall and say, look, I got sewage problem." you know, uh, one of the, a council person can call that board member and say, look, we need to look into this particular neighborhood or area in Montgomery to make sure this work gets done in in that area. So that's the only way it's going to work. If, you know, you have to get the money together, however the funds work, how they do it. But in this particular case, we have federal funds, ARPA money, that came into ADEM, and it's, it's free money. And so, you know, and I was very disturbed the fact that our system didn't apply for not one red cent to help Montgomery. And that was in this waterworks responsible for that. So the, our um, council should have, or the board should have said, Look, I got areas, let's use Madison Park for an example, Hunter Station, however. Said, Look, we got sewage problems in this area. And that board member, that city council who he appointed, said, Look, we need to make sure we have a point of interest to call upon it on that board and say look we got we need to get Haunted station fixed or Madison park fixed and the board vote on it and and apply for the money to get it done you know and and that was a that's that was a huge problem that I had so I, I called um the director of ADEM and to um, ask him to work with waterworks I called waterworks called you know call the, the director of the board there and I called his his director and his assistant director to have a conversation with them to ask them to please apply for the projects in Montgomery. You know, we had it was a lot of discussion, you know, and, and found out that the leadership of the city council knew what needed to be done because this phone call I was I gave was March 3rd. The rules were set this January the 27th. So systems started applying across the state in January 27th. Montgomery Waterworks didn't apply for anything until late March, and the deadline was April 1st. So, you know, it was a sense of urgency for me to make sure Montgomery Waterworks at least p- apply for the projects here in Montgomery.
1: Well, and you know, in the other part, because I'm, I'm really grateful to uh, Representative Hassel for really taking the lead on that one, because this is not, this has been an issue, especially for our communities in Batterson Park and, and Hunter Station for quite some time. And these are areas uh, that, are, that are within the city limits um, and, and who should have. Uh, been served long long time ago now the fact that we have resources available and he has indicated that those funds uh, were parked uh, from our January special session in um, in uh, the Alabama Department of uh, Environmental Management and uh, it was a simple process a very simple application process literally maybe a one-pager at best to simply apply for these resources that would offer us a chance to help our, the, the folks in those areas. These are infrastructure matters, and the the the, the, the interesting kind of red tape uh, around this issue is something that uh, you know Representative Housel and myself are committed uh, to to doing everything we can uh, uh, to see that through, uh, because we we what we run into and what he has described uh, because he's been on the front lines with it is there is some. Uh, based on bylaws or whatever the case may be with our Montgomery Waterworks, something that prevents them uh, from being able uh, to, to receive those resources. Well, we need to know what that is because at the end of the day, we have uh, residents, people uh, in our community who are missing basic services. And these are taxpayers in uh, the city of Montgomery. So this is something we cannot have, it's, it's, it's a priority. Uh, to get this uh, accomplished, and there's been far too much talk about it and
0: not enough action. Thank you, Senator Hatcher and Representative Hassel. You've been listening to The Hatcher Report with Senator Kirk Hatcher and special guest Representative Kenyatta Hassel. I'm Ashley Roseborough. Thank you for joining us.